Live. This is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Did you come looking for the girl next door? Well, she don't live here anymore. She's got money for her pocket, a Bible for her soul, gas in the tank and wide open road. Why she don't work nine to five is your best guess. That's just what happens when girl meets wet. Someday she'll motor to your hometown. Tune up her six string, throw some music down. Songs like bullets that will pierce your pain. Make you feel all back in the saddle again. If you start feeling clammy or shortness of breath. She's put you into cowboy cardiac arrest. Boy meets girl, girl meets guitar. Pretty soon she's swinging on a Dale Evans star. Started singing for the money, stayed in for the fun. This cowgirl knows how the West is Just hit her, ignore, and take a sharp turn left. That's just what happens when girl meets west. You know I love it, Prescott and Campman and Elko. She'll go to Lewistown, Alpine, Heber, and Durango. Grab a hot dog and a rock star on her way through Mesquite. Cause every girl knows you are what you eat. And he plays folks talk Tennessee and Escalante, Utah. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Join me in Albuquerque, New Mexico is our co-host, the lovely Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. <laughs> Good morning, Gary, and Happy New Year because it's seven days old, but we were last together on New Year's Eve day, so Happy that's, New Year. <laughs> that's right. The very first show of a brand new 
year, and I hope a year that's going to be totally different as we roll into 2021 from 2020. But we have a lot of great music. We've got a lot of great guests today. Today, our first guest is who? Oh, my gosh. We're so excited. Susie Boggess is on the line. We can't wait. <laughs> All right. So we're looking forward to talking with Susie and playing some of her great music. And then in the second hour of the show, Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America is going to be joining us on Saddle Up America. So a couple of great hours of great conversation and great music today on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I want to make mention that today is Don and Kathy Edwards' 43rd wedding anniversary. So we want to wish mm-hmm. we want to wish Don and Kathy a very very happy anniversary, and uh, we continue to pray that Don is recovering and doing well at the same time. But right now, let's get to some great music from Susie, and it's called "Music on the Wind" from her album "Aces Redo." We'll be back in just a moment to talk. Susie Boggess today on the Campfire Cafe. Every beat it plays a part of 
Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Music on the Wind, performed by today's featured guest, Susie Boggess, from her CD, Aces Redo. During the creative explosion that was country music in the 1990s, Susie Boggess sold 4 million records with sparkling radio hits like Outbound Plane, Someday Soon, and Letting Go. But you can't peg Susie that easily. In the midst of her country popularity, she made a duets album with the legendary Chet Atkins and an album of modern swing music with Ray Benson of Asleep at the Wheel. In 2014, she released Lucky, a collection of songs written by Merle Haggard and interpreted through Susie's crystal vocals from the female point of view. Her latest offering, Aces Redo, is a re-recording of her platinum-selling album, Aces, produced by Susie with fresh arrangements and her signature sparkling vocals. Personally, I've been a fan of Susie Boggess since I heard her sing and yodel, I Want to Be a Cowboy Sweetheart. It was my first introduction to that classic Western tune, and her performance of Night Rider's Lament as a duet with Jerry Jeff Walker has long been one of my favorites. So, yes, you can call her a country singer if you want, but really, that's just the beginning. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe and entertainer Chet Atkins introduced to the Clintons when she performed at the White House as a pretty good guitarist with a voice like crystal water. Welcome, Susie Boggess. Welcome. Hi, you guys. How are you doing today? Hey, Susie. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. So a brand new year, almost, and um, exciting things, I think, to come. How has 2020 been for you? Well, it's been a difference. I've never uh, been home so much. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I ran out of school. I started on the road. I, I had a camper truck, and I took off and, you know, found out all about Oh gosh, that's how I found out about the West. Really, was my camper right. truck, and kind of booked myself uh, starting out in some of the ski resorts and things out through Colorado and up in Wyoming and Montana, and um, and even down in Utah as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I was, I lived the, a little bit of the troubadour lifestyle there for about five years before I moved to Nashville. So. Um, it's pretty weird for me in all these years. I've never, even when I had my son, even when I had a baby, I was only off the road for about, well, I played the White House after eight weeks. Oh, wow. Eight weeks old. So, wow. so yeah, so that was, uh, that was the longest I've ever had off. And now we've had, what, eight months, something like that. So, or maybe 10 <laughs> months. I mean, we, we had our, our last gig um, I did with Terry Clark and Pam Tillis on March first. Wow! So, wow! It's yeah, it's been a it's been a little bit of a shock, but uh, you know I've gotten some things done that I <laughs> I've been telling myself I do for a really long time. So yeah. <laughs> so are you are you have you been doing some more writing during this period of time when you've been at home a little bit more? Yes, um, I've got a new album that I'm working on right now, so I'll have a new record out probably this spring sometime when we get everything wrapped up but it's been challenging that's been challenging too because um the way that you know things are working we we actually have a small studio in our house that's over the garage um, right and 
the first recordings that I was doing, I was playing every instrument because, <laughs> it, you know, it was kind of the only way to do it. You know, everything was so um, locked down, you know. But um, in the recent months, we've been bringing in one one musician at a time and and adding layers onto the recording process. Uh, in in or in the case of Chris Scruggs, I brought Chris Scruggs in, and he played everything on one on one song. So <laughs> oh wow, a, a challenge. And then of course we have to mask up and um, and it's you know it's it's challenging, but it's kind of. I don't know. So in some ways, I look at it like, uh, you know, we're doing something that we've never done before. So it's that's the way to look at Amen. it. Amen. Well, you know, I've, I've been having a lot of fun catching down Wednesdays. And uh, and I saw the one a couple of weeks ago, and Doug and Ben were on with you. And then I had, a, I had, a, I had a hoot watching the one with Terry Clark yesterday. So you guys oh, don't have enough so fun. fun. You have you don't have enough. <laughs> we fun. don't. Yeah, yeah. We, just we add, do have a lot of fun. Yeah, just add Pam back to the mix, and it will be a whole lot of fun. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I'm hoping to get her sometime too. So, uh, yeah. you know, she's been in by herself. Uh, you know, like I say, it's 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 tricky to to uh, and now that you know everything's closed up to to get three people together when we were. We could do them outside or something like that. It was easier to do more than one guest, but yeah. um, but it's a little bit tricky. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I wanted to ask you um, with the wind down Wednesday. Uh, is that as a result of this COVID deal? I mean, were you doing the Facebook lives and the Instagram lives before? Or is this all part of the COVID thing? Yeah. Yeah, it pretty much started then. Um, I think I started the beginning of April when I realized uh, that our dates were all moving and um, and that we really were going to be um, home. And, and, and I was missing the live audiences, um, but I was also feeling like people could use a little relief, you know, just yeah. to have something – that was fun to look forward to. It's a really short show. It's half an hour. And I've done 40 of them now. So, um, oh, wow. It, wow. Yeah, it's kind of turned into something I really look forward to during the week. You know, it started out that I just was chatting with people, and then eventually I would do a song or something. And, and now I do three songs every week. And, and one of the, the benefits that has come out of it is that, I have to practice because I got to have new material every week. <laughs> and so, and that's really good for me. You know, I, I'm just turned 64 and, and I don't have any business uh, waiting two weeks before I use my voice or I, you know, I could, you know, have trouble getting it back up to the stamina that I've had for all these right. years. So, right. so mm-hmm. this gives me a reason to, to buckle down and learn some new material. And it's, it's fun for me because I, I usually do something for my catalog because I've had 14 albums out there. Right. Um, and then I and then I do some a cover, and sometimes they're ridiculous covers. Like I did one by the Turtles one time. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and, and, you know I've uh, you know I've dabbled with you know it's, you know I sang a Jerry Jeff song. Um, I sang uh, uh, Mr. Bojangles, and then oh, wow. the like the 
the very next week I had Jeff Hanna come in who actually had the the biggest hit with that song. And that was kind of fun because I could make make fun of myself. Where I was like, you know, I I don't do Mr. Bojangles the justice that Jerry Jeff or uh, Jeff Hanna do. So it was kind of fun, you know. It's just, yeah. it's light. I just try to keep it happy because mm-hmm. the feedback I get from people is just that they really appreciate just having something to look forward to, you know. Some people will join me in a glass of wine and some people, you know, it's the middle of the night for them or, you know, it's right before bed. There's people from all around the world that are tuning in. Now, I wasn't going to tell you. I wasn't going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that I had wine with you yesterday, but I did. You did? I did. And And how much time was it for you? It was fun. (laughs) A lot of fun. Yeah. But anyway. It's not. It's just a little glass of wine. It's harmless. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Take a, take a little wine for your stomach. I think the Apostle Paul told okay. Timothy. So I always use that as an excuse. Anyway. Well, my yeah. grandfather, even when he was in the nursing home, he always had a little tiny two or three ounce glass of Mogan David at MB 2020. <laughs> <laughs> he used to say he used to say that it would help your red blood cells, you know. You drank it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he thought it was because it was the same color or what, but yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Hey, let's get to a song. This is a this is one of the songs that you're famous for. It's called "Someday Soon," and uh, let's come back and talk more with Susie Bogus today on the Campfire Cafe. You're just kind of fun. This is fun. <laughs>
from her newest release, uh, Aces Redo. Susie, I have two um, kind of questions about Someday Soon. Well, the first yeah. is I I heard um, you interviewed and talking about this song was played on the space shuttle. Yes, isn't that something? <laughs> uh, yeah. You want to tell us um, a little something about that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know about it until um some somebody in my family had was watching morning T V, I think maybe the Today show or something like that, and they said that they were talking to uh, this the fellow up at the space shuttle and he was talking about how I had woken him up that morning with my song <laughs> Someday Soon. And it, it was such a big thrill to me that I wrote him a letter. And this is, uh, gosh, this would have been when Ben was about five. So I guess it was, you know, close to 2000, yeah. something like that year, 2000. And his, his name is Steve Robinson. And, and uh, so we got to, we were playing in Houston. And he took us to NASA and got Ben got to, like, be in the simulator oh. and oh, do all wow. this stuff at the age of five. It was just such a thrill. And it turns out that Steve Robinson is also a really great banjo player. So we, oh, wow. we got to sit down and jam a little bit. And and uh, and oh, he man. is a big he's a big bluegrass fan, but he also is a big cowboy music fan, which we yeah. love. So yeah, <laughs> how fun! What a great story. Well, and of course, um, it's off of. Yeah, and it's this version, of course, is off the Aces Redo album, and Aces, Aces Redo is very significant for you. I thought maybe if you could give us a little backstory to how Aces um, Redo, you know, came to you and the anniversary of the release of the initial album, and I'll just give us a little bit of background. We're going to be playing quite a bit from this CD today. Nice. Well, you know, I I uh, I was caught off guard one day when I was just driving down the road, um, just thinking, oh my gosh, it's been 25 years since that album came out, and I was thinking, gosh, you know, what do I do to sort of make a, you know, oh, you know, some something to a, a monument to it, or I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, just something special to to you know to remember that gosh it's having its silver anniversary so uh i at the time i had a great band and i really wanted to uh highlight some of my players that play with me on the road and so we went into our little home studio here and redid the whole album and it was just sort of a, a sweet time to reflect on these songs and and once i got into it it was like i you know, I've, I've seen these songs on stage, most of them, um, pretty often, and I'll, of course, any of the hits I do. But um, I realized how much the songs had deepened for me, and, and in the 25 years of life I had lived since I made the album, you know, and just how, you know, material, uh, you know, it changes. You have uh, different stories running through your mind as you're singing the songs as you get older, and just, you know, just a deeper message. Mhm. Um one of the questions that I had just flew out of my head. Um <laughs> Oh, this and this is on this is on your own label, your own record label. Right. And you know, this is yeah. a crazy thing to you know, it's like obviously I am so thrilled that I had 
the opportunity and the whole big machine to help me get my name out there uh, when I was with Capital. Uh, I was on Capital for 12 years. So um, it was a huge, huge thing for me that, you know, when I was loved all the people I worked with there and such. But, um, you know, after I left Capital, it was, um, you know, became my own record label back like I used to do before I moved to Nashville. And I, you know, I kind of took some pride in that and making it a cottage industry. My husband and I do all the work. We, he records and, and produces with me. And um, so, uh, you know, it's kind of been a lot of fun. And, and here's another just aspect of it. When uh, I was selling the Aces album on the road, uh, I would have to buy them from Capital. And so uh-huh. it, it was a very expensive. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, in, and uh-huh. nowadays, you know, our recordings are not worth as much as they used to be. And so I was paying $7.18 for uh, an album that I could, mm-hmm. you know, if I if I owned the album myself, um, because I had, uh, you know, some of those songs had reverted to me. So, um, so it, it made it a much better situation for me as far as being a small business. You know, so to, to make my own recording of it. Mm-hmm. The, well, while, I know, while Gary, we're, are you gonna, yeah. I'm going to play okay. Aces right now. Since we're talking right. about Aces, okay. we do. Let's go yeah. ahead and play Aces and talk more with Susie today on the Campfire Cafe.
tweaking to make them for a girl or for a guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was going through selecting songs, it was like, okay, I need to play this one. Okay, I need to play this one. Like, okay, I can't play all of these songs. But a couple of my favorites, a couple of my favorites, one of them we're going to get to right now, and, and this is Silver Wings. How would you pick this one? You know, I, I I love this song so much, and I always have, but I, I never had sung it before. Even, you know, in all the times I'd sat in with other bands back in the day, and, uh, you know, you would think that that would be one of the ones that I would pick up to uh, sit in with somebody. But um, I have such a visual. Of, I, I, when I was a young girl, I, my Aunt Kay lived out um it, she was in Apple Valley, and that's how I knew Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, and that's kind of okay. what started my whole Western thing. So I was about 11 or 12 when I, I went out there, and, and my aunt took me to Goldstone, which is um, one of the Edward Air Force Base out there. And um, I have such a profound vision of this woman saying goodbye to her loved one as he's flying off to war or to, you know, to do any kind of a deployment as, right. a, uh, you know, a pilot. And so I just wanted to sing that song from this place in my heart with that I, you know, what that I'm thinking of when I sing the song. Well, this is one of my favorites and it's Silver Wings. It's from the CD Lucky. We're talking with Susie Bogus today on Empire Cafe.
Boggs. It's from her CD uh, collection of um, Merle Haggard songs called Lucky. Uh, Susie, there's so many things to talk about. You have such a fabulous long career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the lucky um, girl. Yeah. How would you say country music, if this is even a question you can answer, it seemed to me I started listening to country music with you. You, I kind of began listening. You were one of the women I listened to early on. Aww. And then I know as a listener, music changed, country music changed. And it didn't <clears throat> seem like it took that long before suddenly it was something different in the 90s. Um, how how did you find country music changed for you? That makes sense. Well, you know, it kind of, you know, I, I, took some time off uh you know i had made a record with kid atkins called simpatico and that was when i was pregnant with ben and so you know i i really kind of took some time you know to i was still on the road but i wasn't recording uh after i made that record with chet until uh, you know for a couple of years there and by the time i came back in 1996 to make the next record mm-hmm. um my label head had changed the, the person in charge of producing my records. Um, and so there, there were a lot of changes going on in the business at that point. So it was, um, you know, it's just one of those things where um, I think that there always are trends in music, you know, it just, it's, I guess it's how they keep everybody um, interested is they, you know, they have to, shake things up a little bit and I I wasn't feeling bad about the fact that um that I didn't fit into the new style as much um because I had kind of I felt like I had kind of done as much of the the big arena stuff as I wanted to do that was not really Uh a cup of tea to be honest Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and not you know I, I there I have no sour grapes about it because I, I still play some big places with Terry and Pam and I have a lot of fun doing those. But my favorite thing is a much smaller audience. I love, you know, like a 300 to 500 seat theater where I can talk to the people and they talk back to me and there's and they have sort like, of that. Mm-hmm. It's a real spontaneous kind of feel and it's not so much production. I, sometimes, um, I would just find myself worn out by the time I got on stage because I was waiting around all day for everything to get put up and all this stuff. Uh, and, uh-huh. you know, it, now it, in the way that we travel now, we, you know, a lot of times we'll fly into a city and play three or four cities within three or four hours. So we're traveling, we're seeing the sights, we kind of get into the town, we can feel it a little, we get to have lunch in the town that we're playing and get a little feel for the community and it just it's much more fits with my spirit better i know that you played the hebrew valley uh western music and poetry gathering quite a bit and um, yes. it, that's exactly the kind I love of it. A venue that you're yeah you love it right <laughs> I just love and it. And I see on your you, – you've got a few uh, upcoming dates. I'm excited to see you have things happening starting kind of in April. But one of the places you're going to be is the Bishop Mule Days in California on Memorial yes. Day weekend. And although I have yes. never attended that, it's hugely popular. <laughs> I am sure it before? is. And I, this is my first time, and I've been oh, looking so forward to it. I was – 
really disappointed that we didn't get to do it, but so thrilled that they um, decided to to put us on for the next year. So I I love all those festivals. Anything that's a little heritage vibe to it, you know, where we can remember and honor the the way that our you know we built this country and you know the westward expansion and everything it's just interesting to me and uh, before i turn you back over to gary uh we have a person following us today on facebook she's actually an author friend of mine from montana nancy quinn and she says hello from us in the mountains of montana and my daughter loves her too (laughs) oh that's so nice like you're usually my 95-year-old dad loves you, but uh, <laughs> but, but uh, uh, I appreciate that. You know, we did the Cowboy Festival up in Lewiston uh, the year before last, and oh. we played in Fort Pierre, um, and oh, not that's not in Montana, but, but la- the year before last, we did Red Ants Pants up there, and we're supposed to do Red Ants Pants this summer. Um, oh, how so, fun. That I, that's another thing up in Montana that I just love. I you know I spent a, a fair amount of time in Montana and I you know I love it, but my husband's from Florida and he would freeze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know how he feels. I know how he feels. <laughs> well, let's get to some more music right quick. This is one more song from the CD Aces Redo. It's called Part of Me. We're going to be coming back in just a minute to talk more with Susie and Bobby Bell on the Campfire Cafe. I put a candle in the window And take a picture of the wall Avoid all the places we'd go And wait around on your call There's a part of me that wishes Oh Oh. 
part of me, Susie Bagas, and we are talking with Susie today on the Campfire Cafe. Susie, this has been a pretty stinking fast hour. You're just too much fun. I know. It's just, it flew away too fast. I'm sad about that, you guys. Um, yeah, I have to say that I just, I love the name of your show. It's just so, oh, I, it's just sweet and it makes me think happy thoughts about all my cowboy gatherings and getting together Aww. with pals and um i you know i i wanted to make sure that we got to bring up the fact that um mary Kay. i was talking to my son ben who's home from portland oregon right now and um we took a, a month-long rv trip with ben and a good buddy of his um Back in two, uh, oh gosh, what year was it? Anyway, he, they were fourteen. The boys were, and we wow. just kind of got some bookings from all those wonderful folks out there around doing the the Moab gathering, and and we played this equestrian center. And Mary Kay opened the show for me, um, wow. and just knocked everybody out. She was so great <laughs> and so personable, and. Um, it was a very wonderful uh, day for me, and I just remembered that uh, Ben was actually, he was like the little guy that was hawking CDs out there, and, and I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to see if he remembered Mary Kay today. So that was kind of a fun thing to, to be able to say, hi, this is a, something you'll remember from the past. So he can uh, yeah, look up yeah. on my website. But I think, uh, Mary Kay, I think that if you look on my website, uh, if you can hear me, um, uh, you will find a video. I think there's a little video of you on there um, at that little equestrian thing. So uh, ah. just look on on it's a it's under the I don't know webisodes of the the trip that we took some somewhere on there. Oh wow, that is so cool. That is so. Well, I will tell you now. She told me earlier that the first. A gathering that she ever performed at was in Moab, and you were opening, and Don Edwards was there, and she said she saw you, and when you started singing, she cried, and then you looked at her, and you told her, stop crying, and so and so now she said, every time I hear her sing, I cry, so that's all right. That is all right. Oh, hey, well, one more song. My love. I, I, I will. Love I so will. Much, so. I will. Uh, I want to do Outbound Plane and come back and wrap up with you. Let's. I, if I don't play Outbound Plane, I'm going to get shot. So I'm going to do that. Oh. We'll come back <laughs> and find out from you where people get music and more in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Because he's a 
Com. It's uh, two G's and two S's. Looks like bogus, but there's two G's and two S's. In. <laughs> so it's, that's how you find me, and uh, and that's where everything is. And you know, like I say, Doug and I do everything here. And I've since I've been home, I've been signing everything. So if you uh, tell me what you want me to who who you want me to sign it to, I'll sign it to whomever you'd like. And um, and what else? Let's see. I guess that's kind of. You know, right now, since we're not doing any live gigs, uh, just, you know, people can find me on Wednesdays uh, at 5 p.m. Central Time on Wind Down Wednesday. Wind Down Wednesday on Susie Bogus Music on Facebook. Right. So, and that is that is so much fun. That is so much fun to listen to. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the deal. So you've got a new album coming out later on. And I think yes. that I, I saw that Ben was going to be performing with on that one, he's going to be singing on that one. He is. I'm very excited. Uh, you know, I didn't really. Uh, we haven't really uh, pushed him in the music direction, but he really uh, has kind of gotten into it on his own, and and I'm just, I'm blown away. It's really good. He is good. He's a talented guy. But what I'm going to say is, is that when the new album comes out, you need to come back with us again. I would love to. Thank you so much. I, I would love to do that. This went too fast, and thank you, Bobby Jean. Thank you so much for 
asking some good questions and appreciate guys appreciate you guys. Well, we appreciate you. I want to close out this segment with a great song. This is from the from the Lucky album. It's Sing Me Back Home and I and you and I were talking a little bit earlier that I wasn't sure whether somehow you had gotten Merle on this, but it was it was who that was singing with you on this? It was it was my good friend Joe Diffie who we lost uh, in 2020. So yeah, so sad. Yeah. Loved Joe so yeah. much, and uh, oh. he had so many great songs. Yeah, he was a great mm-hmm. artist, and and he did a great job with you on this. And his aunt is a good friend of the shows, and listens yes, often. Oh. And uh, so Donna Nita, this is a song that you'll enjoy as well. But Susie, thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to having. Thanks. Thank you, and you guys have a great start to your new year. You too. Thank you. Sing me back home. This is Susie Boggess.
Legacy Radio Network, and it's time now for Saddle Up America. We'll be back in a moment with our guest, Mr. Randy Rasmussen. I set out on the road last December to follow that high lonesome sign. From the snow-capped peaks of Alaska South past that old border town The desert is in bloom down near Tucson And the Gulf Coast is warm every day But when the wind feels like winter is coming I'll head north up near Telluride Way I'll return to those piney wooden mountains I'll return to that high country snow I'm going back to that sweet smelling juniper wind I always spend Christmas at home Yes, I always spend Christmas at home All summer Riding that red river down From that big sky over Montana To the deep crystal blue Puget Sound I took care to stay clear of the city As I rode down that asphalt alone But the chill in the air is a sure sign Winter's coming and I'm going home I've traveled across the face of this land Always carefree and hungry to roam But I know when the cold snow starts to fall Piney woods, I'm coming home I'll return to those piney wood mountains I'll return to that high country snow Going back to that sweet smelling juniper wind I always spend Christmas at home I'm going back to those piney wooden mountains I'll return to that high country snow 
Going back to that sweet smelling juniper wind Cause I always spend Christmas at home Yes, I always spend Christmas at home Mr. John Chandler with Piney Wood Mountain, and welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Radio Network. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Bobby Bell, and our very special guest today on Saddle Up America is Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Back to Horsemen of America. Hey, Randy. Happy New Year, Gary and Bobby. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So what kind of New Year's resolutions have you made, Randy? (laughs) Um, (laughs) On a personal level, professional level, we're going to keep electric bicycles out of the backcountry and the trails shared by horsemen and women. That's that's my resolution. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a good one. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. So my New Year's <laughs> resolution was very simple, and I and I don't usually make New Year's resolutions, but my New Year's resolution is to try to exercise this this time. And um, yeah, it's kind of important so I can get out and do all the things that I want to be doing. You know, Bobby, I did. Did you make any resolutions? I don't think you make New Year's resolutions, do you? No, I don't. I don't make them. I make a resolution not not to make any. Not to make New Year's resolutions. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Oh gosh. Well, we're happy to have you with us, Randy, and I know we've got quite a few things that we want to talk about. I think Bobby had something that she wanted to talk to you about, which might be kind of scary. No, I'm kidding. I didn't know. Are we? Do we want to start right now? Are you playing the other piece yeah. of music, or are we? Are no, we in it with Randy start. right now? All right. Yeah, so Randy, Randy, uh, last year, along with everything else that we're all being impacted by, fires continue to be um, a major factor, especially here in the West. And um, and I know that you do get involved in some things having to do with fire. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that? Well, sure, Bobby. Yeah, the wildfire issue is unfortunately going to be with us for a long time. And as you know, we've seen landscapes devastated across the West and in previous years in the Southeast, Appalachians and elsewhere. It's it's going to continue to rear its ugly head and the scale of the wildfires is, you know, something, you know, I, I don't think humankind has ever seen, or at least, you know, in, in the last several hundred years. So where that intersects with, you know, the, the mission of the backcountry horsemen of America is that wildfires devastate landscapes. They destroy the experience, you know, uh, they prevent, people from enjoying their public lands. I could go on and on about, you know, what it does to wildlife and and water um, and to the trails that we maintain. But suffice to say, there's not many many positive benefits from the wildfires. We know a lot from the science about how they've come to be and why they're such a problem today. But there are 
but really no solutions for the short term, uh, you know, and how we can prevent, you know, I, I think we had tens of millions of acres, you know, in the past several years burning and a lot, a lot of it is on public lands. A lot of it is on private and state lands. It's not necessarily one land management agency doing as worse than the other. They're all in it together, and we've tried to keep forests strong and, and use them for timber for over a century. And that has its downside where if we suppress wildfires, it's no surprise we're seeing the devastating massive wildfires now. And then couple that with clearly what is a changing climate and that's, you know, adding to literally adding fuel to the fire. There's just no way out of it in the law in the short term. And we're still grappling and reeling with the ramifications in our trail maintenance and how to keep people enjoying the outdoors, getting out on horseback and enjoying the backcountry experience. It's, it's being hampered in so many states. I could, I think every state's been been hammered. And what about you in New Mexico? You've you've had some fires uh, this past season or two, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and California so heavily, oh um, so heavily hit, so heavily hit. And of course, fire fire in the West has has always been kind of part of you know Western history. I mean, you know, even laying out city, you know, towns and and trying to keep sides. Uh, sidewalks, um, lots of space in between the sides of the streets in order for fire engines to get through and in order to try to stop fire from jumping from one side to the other. I mean, fire in the West, like water in the West, sort of go hand in hand, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, water and water rights and there's a whole other you know, issue with public lands and whatnot. But yeah, fire's been around forever. Um, you know, it's there's some good, you know, oral history about how Native American tribes did do low intensity burns, but I can't say that, you know, for sure that the forests were managed for thousands of years extensively, maybe in some places. But yeah, the wildfires, you know, are, are right out our back door. Um, every state's having the problems, and and I'm sorry, you touched on a topic I was about to, to mention too, because um, you sparked a, a thought of mine, but I it's since passed. Um, but <laughs> water was just it something with water? I, I know what it is. Well, because of our encroaching settlements, I mean, we're moving out more and more rural places. Because guess what? When we have our horses and places we want to live, we want to be near the forest. We want to be away from the cities and in rural places. And there's so many people, even those without horses, that want to butt up against the the public lands and the forest. That you know, with our growing populations, especially in the western states. We just have more of those conflicts of what's called the the urban wildland interface and having to save more homes and people and, you know, structures from fire damage. That's changed the landscape, and I've seen great mapping over the past few decades showing that trend and that growth of human footprint that has exacerbated the problem. Not that we're going to stop living out in the in the woods, but we got to be aware if we're living out there how to make a, you know, fire-safe kind of a – arrangement and have our, our, you know, defensible space around our homes. So not only do we have mm-hmm. the challenges of the fires and, and, and I'm, I'm assuming on the trails, a lot of, um, a lot of down trees and damages, but uh, backcountry horsemen get involved in helping to clear those trails out from the down trees and so forth. Oh, time and again. I mean, we're certainly the ones in the backcountry areas that are doing a big chunk of the uh, trail maintenance and fire areas uh, on the federal public lands, sometimes in many states. 
But I'm thinking of places, you know, throughout the West where the fires burned through 15, 20 more years ago, and they're still deadfall. They're still, you know, those stick trees that have lost everything, and now they're, you know, you get a big wind or something like that or just some decay. They're coming down. They're falling. Yeah. They're falling over the course of a decade or two, creating problems where you know, not only has that become a fire hazard in its own right, but they're like matchsticks across, you know, or pickup sticks across the trail. And we've got so many testimonies and pictures of here's the trail. You can't even see it off into the horizon because all these, tr- you know, tr- trees are down. And here's the work after the horsemen and other volunteers got in there with their equipment and animals and, and cleared the trails. You know, but we're losing ground. I hate to say it, um, you know, but given the, the severity of the wildfires, we're just going to – there be more places now that we can't for many, many years, if ever, reopen in the backcountry and wilderness, you know, for, for our use. So it's a mm-hmm. zero-sum game, and, and we're on the losing end of it, you know, at the moment. Wow. 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 That kind of depresses me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, well, let me put a positive spin on it for you, Gary. Just to say that we talked last time, last month, about the Great American Outdoors Act and the tens of millions of dollars that are going to flow to the federal agencies. I've seen the lists for the next couple of years of what projects are happening, and certainly throughout the West and the U.S. Forest Service lands, our national forests, they are putting a lot of money into trail maintenance and restoration. You know, in which our volunteers from Backcountry Horsemen will be helping. So there's going to be a big push the next five years with all that federal money flowing to make a serious dent in that trail maintenance backlog. But we need more than just money. We need bodies and skilled people that, you know, and the people who want to spend the time in the backcountry, you know, keeping America's trails open. So the, the challenge is there. There's some opportunities. And it's great that we do have, you know, lots of money coming in the next five years to throw at the situation. Well, that's that is a good thing, and uh, as you started mentioning, you need bodies. We're going to take a quick break, and I want to come back and talk a little bit about some of the things that you're trying to do to get young people involved with Backcountry Horsemen of America. But right now, let's listen to a song from Trinity Seeley. Trinity will be with us in just a couple of weeks on the Campfire Cafe. But this is a great song that she's done called Montana Wind. And we'll be back in a minute to talk with Andy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Take tall mountain bells. 
Montana Wind and Trinity will be with us in about two weeks on the Campfire Cafe. So we were talking about bodies that are needed now. And uh, Randy, Backcountry Horseman has some initiatives in place to recruit and engage the youth. And that is a problem that we'll have across the board with the horse uh, 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 hobby because more of the horse people are a little bit older, but how? what are some of the initiatives that you guys have got in place? Well, thanks for asking, Gary. And, yeah, Backcountry Horsemen of America realizes the challenges of the future. I mean, we're somewhat an aging demographic or population, much of our membership. We have youth within our ranks, but you mentioned the kind of the equestrian lifestyle um, and for folks who are familiar with horseback or packing, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not something you just enter into lightly. But things you can do to attract people who are maybe outside and haven't lived a l- rural lifestyle or done 4-H or FFA or other things and, and work with animals is you want to try to find ways to give youth this kind of you know, first-time grand experience in the backcountry and wilderness. You want to inspire people about these wild landscapes across America uh, and you want to get them to ultimately say these places are worth protecting for their own sake and for the experience they provide. And, you know, in doing so, I want to give back and, you know, volunteer some of my time to maintain trails and join work parties and, and, and be part of the, the public that takes care of these public lands and trails. So what backcountry horsemen is doing you know, we do have a strategic plan, and it has elements. And under our education aspect, our wing of education, um, is ways to, you know, we I think we touched on this last month or the month prior. We do have a, you know, and it's done through our Backcountry Horsemen of Montana, a youth packing scholarship. Right. So it's a somewhat competitive thing where youth who, who hear about this, and we need to find better channels to make this more broad and scale up this program. But 
we've done it for several years go, coming in Montana. And what that means is uh, there is money available through backcountry horsemen to even fly youth, uh, you know, for to Montana to become familiar, um, you know, uh, with, you know, first on the ground, the kind of things, anything you, if you're not familiar with, with pack stock, comfortable around animals, and then, you know, walk them through a multi-week course uh, of packing skills, um, stock support, you know, and, and how all these things come together with other partners, including the agency, often the U.S. Forest Service, and some of our other, you know, wilderness and, and trail maintenance partners, wherever it is, and literally bring these kids out for, you know, a week or two of just it's almost like a guided pack trip, but they're working the whole time and they're learning skills that hopefully will open their eyes to the beauty and wonder of these public lands and how pack stock is such a, a part of our heritage and how important it is for many people to maintain these areas using these, I'll, I'll say, primitive tools and, and transport, you know, with animals. Right. That they get, they, they light a fire. There's a passion there. Um, and they want to come back the next summer and do it again. They want to get, you know, certified or work as a, uh, an intern for the Forest Service to, in packing. And that's taking, you know, that, that's, that's picking up momentum, particularly in Montana, but we're trying to broaden that to other states and find other resources um, for that. So that's, that's one thing is the youth packing scholarship that we want to see uh, expanded across much of the nation, but it's going to take time to, to get there and, and do it right. Randy, how do, how do uh, young people that might be interested uh, apply for this or, or get involved? Well, I guess the first thing is to check out our website, you know, bcha.org. The B-C-H-A is that country, Horsemen of America.org, okay. bcha.org. And right now we're not advertising. It's the winter. But if we do have the resources and we have the volunteers, uh, we will be announcing those scholarships. Certainly become a member of that country, Horsemen of America. There's membership and even a on our landing page on the website, bcha.org, uh, you know, a little map locator to find the chapter nearest you. Certainly to become a member so you're in the loop about these types of things. But we'll also advertise through the federal agencies, you know, where those opportunities are, are coming up. Okay. All right. And well, I have I have a youth in mind as we were talking <laughs> about that, you know. Good. Yeah, Good. yes. So how long uh, – how- the uh, experience is that for them in Montana? Like a week or two? Um, it's, a, it's a multi-week, so I, I think it's the better part of two or three weeks, if I recall correctly. And I don't run that program. Um, again, our folks uh, in Montana do, and the Bob Marshall Wilderness Outfitters, who are BCH Montana members and, and, and valued members of, of BCHA, have been doing this for a few years okay. um, in, in concert with a number of partners. I mean, this is a big partnership. And some of those youth have gone on to, again, get careers in packing and with the agencies and do service work with our volunteers. So it's, it's taking wind, but, um, you know, that's a small thing. I would encourage people, if they want to get an idea of how some of this looks, on the Backcountry Horsemen of America webpage, there is an education tab. And about three-quarters down, there's a, a video. It's really well professionally produced about six years ago called Untrammeled. Okay. Un- untrammeled. And this is the this is youth and their first time in wilderness and how 
our volunteers and partners go about doing something very similar here, introducing kids that have never been in the wilderness, you know, and bringing them out on a pack trip, you know, and, and showing them and hearing their reflections and their thoughts and then what they value and how important that they, this thing they've never even knew about all of a sudden is, you know, presented to them as a gift. And now they, you know, clearly have a spark or a passion uh, for, for wilderness in, you know, through that experience. So that video alone is worth seeing um, from our website, Untrammeled. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to look that up as soon as this program is over <laughs> and uh, visit that. So we may, we had we a candidate for that scholarship program or something. So <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Hey, let's talk just a little bit about uh, the efforts to prevent the transfer of federal lands to the states and ways. What is going on with that right now? Right now in Congress, fortunately, and, and for the past year or so, it's been pretty quiet on that group of, of members of Congress who don't value public lands the way we do, for example, and want to sell them to the highest bidder or give them to the states and to do whatever they want with. And, you know, there's different scales of how this threat has cropped up in the last several years and actually over decades. Um, whether it's a wholesale, get rid of all the federal public estates, or selectively give the best mineral development places or whatever the, you know, the, the counties right. or states want. But right now it's been quiet. I don't expect a lot of that to it'll, – it'll pop up. There will be bills introduced. There will be little activity. And at the state level, it's always a buzz in some states about that. But clearly the federal government and only Congress has the authority to do such transfers. And, and, you know, let me be clear, in some cases, small, you know, very uh, selective or targeted land transfers or swaps make sense if there are issues about boundaries or there's uh, state lands are blocked up and surrounded by federal lands. You know, it'd be great to swap them out and make it, you know, the boundaries consistent and not have this checkerboard of land ownership. Those will still see some of those, but sometimes they go, we'll just give two million acres in Montana to the state and they can pick whatever they want. There's been bills like that in the past where it's like, well, wow. wait a second, you know. And so we have to remain vigilant with our partners and others. And, you know, we're not alone. There's tons of recreation and other groups out there that would fight this tooth and nail. Um, but it, it, it's, it's been low-key for a while, and one of the, the members of Congress, who is one of its biggest supporters, just cycled out and didn't run for re-election. So, uh, we won't have that person around to, you know, keep yeah, trying to bring this up time and time again. Yeah, raw. So that yeah, it's kind of good news. That is good. So I thought I saw something uh, recently about uh, mineral rights or oil rights in in Alaska that were being transferred to some people. Well, there is things in the in the Arctic and the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge that's still in debate. But one of the ways the federal land transfer happens or has been kind of a cover is, well, let's give them not just the underground oil and gas leases. Let's give them all the surface, you know, and, and call it good, and they can have it wherever they want to. They think there's a viable resource for oil and gas. That's really problematic because, yeah, you know, at least when I worked in the oil and gas industry, and there's full disclosure there, I used to write environmental assessments about such things. There are ways you can minimize the footprint of oil and gas development. It's not – I wouldn't say it's benign or not harmful, but there's ways you can 
But if you give the surface estate away everywhere over the whole lease parcels, it's just a giveaway of land that can be used for other purposes and completely destroy the wildlife habitat, the recreational opportunities, the whole nine yards. So we, one has to be really cautious about what's being proposed and what the feds would be giving away in order to continue producing oil, gas, coal, whatever we do, um, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to protect our natural resources and, and be able to get out and enjoy uh, these wild areas. And I suppose we have to watch and do the same thing back in the east as well. Yeah. Any exciting things that are coming up in 2021? Well, we don't know, really. I mean, other than, like I mentioned, the Great American Outdoors Act and all this money that's flowing to our federal land managers, the national parks, the national forests, and here in the western 11 states, the Bureau of Land Management, um, and even the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and our national wildlife refuges are all getting big infusions of money. And, And the whole point of this is to address the deferred maintenance backlog. And I don't know how many people have been turned away from the gate, you know, Yellowstone or told they can't use the restrooms because they're in a state of disrepair or the roads were so bad that they had a terrible experience getting there. Things should improve in the next five years with all that money flowing to deferred maintenance on these federal lands. That's, that's about as exciting as it gets in my world. That's um, pretty exciting. Optimism and stuff. But yeah, I mean, we can look forward to years of, you know, improvements on our federal public land. It's still not going to be with the wildfire threat that Bobby first mentioned. We're still not going to get ahead of that one, but we can make some serious dents in the right places if it, the investments are strategic and we get the bodies and the partners you know, together to do the work. Um, so that'll be interesting for me to watch unfold is where the money's going, how it's being used, and is it really doing the work that the American people want to enjoy their public lands, that's the test, and I'm I'm pretty optimistic it will be. Well, good. That's that's exciting news, and uh, so that just means that as as these things are improved upon, uh, there'll be more opportunities for people to get out on horseback and ride and enjoy this country that we love so much. So that is a good good thing. That is a good thing. Randy Rasmussen, we are going to kind of wrap things up today. And look forward to having you back. You know, you have uh, always been a great guest on the show. But to have you as a regular now is just kind of special. So we kind of enjoy that. Thank you. I appreciate you. I enjoy joining you here uh, every month. We look forward to what's going to be coming up in February. And, um, yeah, you might need to work on some of those New Year's solutions a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Exercise. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, gosh. We'll see you next month. And right now, let's listen to a great song from Mr. Mike Blakely called The Outside Circle. And we'll be back with Bobby Bell in just a moment on Saddle Up America. When I was a young boy my age was barely ten Riding my first roundup With the older boys and men The foreman sent our best hand Where lesser men might fail 
to ride the outside circle, the longest, roughest trail. I watched that top pan ride out on a skittish colt that day. Once on a distant ridge, I saw him turning horns my way. Keeping the herd by evening, his pony soaked with sweat. I made myself a promise that I still remember yet. One day I'd ride the outside circle And I'd make a top hand Riding through the sage so purple Round the old potato stand And I'd chouse the wildest cattle On the roughest broncos And I'd ride the outside circle For the brand I held my promise sacred And I ain't to keep my word I learned to throw a fast loop From the rankest in the herd And it was ten years later When I heard the roundup boss He said, you'll ride the outside circle, son Go catch yourself a horse And I rode the outside circle And I became top hand Riding through the sage so purple Around the old potato stand And I chowed the wildest cat On the roughest broncos And I rode the outside circle For the brand Some say I'm growing old It's true my hair is silver And it's plain my legs are bold I ride the inside circles now But just ask my cowboy peers They know I rode that outside circle For well not 30 years Yes, I rode the outside circle I became top hand Riding through the sage so purple Round the old Cotillo stands And I chowed the wildest cat On the roughest broncos And I rode the outside circle For the brand And in dreams I ride the ridges In my stirrups I still stand And I ride the outside circle For the brand Mr. Blakely And that is the award-winning song The Outside Circle And Bobby, it was so much fun Talking with Susie Boggus today Or Bogus, as she said She was just delightful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she was a, she was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and the music mm-hmm. is great and timeless, and so uh, so much fun talking with her, and always good to have Randy Rasmussen. With-
Backcountry Horsemen of America to bring us some great information. And um, we look forward to having him back again next February. So I noticed you've got some activity going on with your hero collection and the, the uh, should we call it scholarships or donations that you do? It's a it's a donation to a non a nonprofit or a cultural nonprofit. We choose um, a beneficiary every month, and um, this month, and actually we're going to do two months for them. Uh, the Mustang Heritage Foundation will benefit from sales from our hero collection. Wow, uh, an organization that's near, near to my heart. So that's yeah. very generous, very generous. So how can people get involved with that? Uh, it's pretty simple. Just go to our website, outwestshop.com. And right on the home page, you don't have to scroll down very far. You will see a big photo of a really cute little dog and an airplane. And then it's, that announces the Hero Collection. And you can just click Shop Now. And it'll take you right to the collection, which now has probably over a thousand products. Or Whoa. you can shop from the drop-down menus in the toolbar. You can go like ladies, and you'll find hero for her. Men's, you'll find hero for him, and home, hero for home. And that helps you not have to look at everything. <laughs> oh, that's great. And you can kind of, you know, break breaks it down into some categories. Yeah. But- that is great, and, and and such a fine thing that you are doing to help out with these nonprofits, to help them raise money and fund their activities. So kudos to you guys for that. Kudos for you guys. So I was just noticing, you know, we 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 did the song "Girl Me Yes" to open the show today, and that is a song that's done by somebody special to me, Mary Kay Holt. And uh, and the Girl Meets West retreat is happening in February. It's happening February 26th and the 20 through the 28th at Slot Canyon Inn in Escalante, Utah. And my understanding is that the retreat is just about full. There are just one or two openings left, but it's going to be a great retreat that's put on by Mary Kay. The theme for the retreat is Get Her Done, and it features luxury accommodations, your meals, vendor opportunities, workshops by authors. Linda Bertholdt will be doing that. Concerts by Mary Kay and professional portrait session by Anita Crane. So you can visit equestrianlegacy.net and click on Girl Meets West. And there are still, I think, one or two openings left for the February session, but those will be gone quickly. So be sure and visit the website and check that out. And so next week, who do we have on the Campfire Cafe, Bobby? Uh, Ernie Seitz joins us next week, followed by Trinity Seeley, and then Wiley Gustafson of Wiley in the Wild West will um, wrap up the month. All right. That's going to be an exciting month on the Campfire Cafe. And then on Saddle Up America, Robert Eversole is joining us next week. And then we have Trina Morris. That will be the week after that. And then Mark Bolander will be joining us for the last week to talk about uh, Mountain Trail. So we've got a lot of great music, a lot of great guests, a lot of great conversation, and a lot of great music coming up 
on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. And we want you to join us every Thursday beginning at noon Central Standard Time for that. So, Bobby, do you have any wonderful closing thoughts for us today? I do. I like this uh, statement of Walt Disney. Why worry? If you've done the very best you can, worrying won't make it any better. I'll have to think about that. I may have to worry about that for a while. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Bobby, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, and Happy New Year again to you and Jim. This has been a great first show of 2021, so thank you for being with me. And uh, what are we going into, five or six years together? Well, uh, I, I guess I have to sort of count them on my fingers. I was thinking that we were going into six. I think I so. I think we're going into six. It was sort of like I we've had a fifth so. anniversary, but now we're moving into six. Yeah, yeah. It's been a quick <laughs> five or six. I'm sorry. I am yeah. telling you. So, anyway, it's, it's, it is so much fun. Well, listen, we're going to close out the show today with a great song from our friend Carolyn Martin. It's great song wild west texas win be sure and catch the archive podcast of all of our shows at equestrianlegacy.net and we'll see you next week on the radio around the world at equestrianlegacy.net thanks for joining us
It's the strength that's deep inside you When fear is closing in Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.